This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks. Lock it on to the best station on the net. Around the planet on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere in the mix. You are listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works. This is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening. Oh, we're here. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we're here. Uh, December 28, 2021. Oh. Still pushing. I've got one more show left to do. The Golden Anniversary Show. Got four, almost six hours of of the top 50 up and done. I am exhausted. Uh, even with the help of my Coleman, Keston, and Smith AI talking software, it still, it still gives me a, still winded, all right? So anyway, wanted to let the sisters know, Brenda, Wanda, Sandy, yeah, the Karens, the Christies, the Sherrys, all the family, everybody, neighbors, everybody. I'm hanging in there. Daughters, Sarahs. Hey, listen, thanks for all the, the presents I got and all the the emails. Anyway, as you know, I stopped driving. I kind of threw the keys away. I'm not driving anymore. I've been driven for about two weeks. After I had a car accident and hit, hit the water hydrant, tore up the car. So anyway, I with my eyes has gone as bad as they are. It's really hectic. I kind of got to stay indoors until I get my surgery now. So I'm giving up driving. It hurts my feelings. I kind of feel how my mom felt when she said, hey, I can't drive anymore. But she was... But she gave her her license. I think she was 88. Ah. But anyway, guys, enough for me. We still hanging in there through the Christmas holidays. I tell you, things are just as crazy as they always were. Somehow we're not getting past this madness anymore. So anyway, I've been as I've been going through the show. You know, you got the microphone on one side, and you got television show running with the uh, caption feeds underneath early this morning I happened to run into Donald Trump Jr. and you probably will never see this clip but I swear it was on for a hot second he basically was Talking about if Christians, if you believed in Jesus that you were weak, and if you were in the military that you were weak, and I went, "Woo!" I just happened to catch it, but I haven't heard 
its sense. I don't know if they scrubbed it or if I was crazy if I thought I heard it and didn't hear it. No, I heard it. I ain't that crazy. I mean, I I read it with my own lips on the on the caption in the middle of doing the show last night. Well, I'm going to get past this. I'm going to have to. So in our little time, we're going to this is what this is what Trump Jr. This title of this is that he can't stop making a fool of himself. Here's take a listen. Biden has promised to take that money back out of your pocket and keep it in the swamp. That makes sense, though, considering Joe Biden is basically the Loch Ness monster of the swamp. Yeah, no, I. It lives in the lock, not in a swamp. It's in the name, actually. It's like the first part of the name. I don't get what that's about. Or, for instance, when um, he he revealed to all of us that one of the most commonly used phrases that we have had to learn as a result of the pandemic, he doesn't quite understand. Take a look. He delivered PP&E to our brave frontline workers. No, that's not... That's not what it is. Wait, what do you think it is? Like, how many times have we had to say or hear PPE? What has he thought that meant this entire time? Apparently, he knows as little about it as his father does. I'm Donald Trump Jr. I'm the son of the president of the United States. I understand the pressure of being a prominent member of the first family. Trust me, I've gone through it all. That's why I can say with absolute confidence that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, is one of the most unethical humans in political history. Let me say first that I'm not here to attack Hunter Biden on his personal issues. I don't want to talk about how Hunter Biden was discharged from the Navy Reserve for testing positive for cocaine. I won't do that. I am Donald Trump. Junior, I am the son of the president of the United States. Did not I know play a human picked up on that because my name is literally Donald Trump Jr. I have uh, been told we it's it's Dwight Schrute giving his speech. We will not <laughs> go into that night. The phrase Black Lives Matter is obvious. No one in America, you know, it says anything else. Yes, they we are. can say no one that I know. Well, why hasn't the Trump administration or President Trump condemned what happened in Kenosha with Kyle Rittenhouse coming across state lines and murdering two people and injuring another? We're waiting for due process. We're not jumping to a conclusion. If I put myself in Kyle Rittenhouse, maybe I shouldn't have been there. He's a young kid. I don't, I don't want 17-year-olds running around the street with AR-15s. Maybe I wouldn't have put myself in that situation. Who knows? But we all do stupid things at 17. But again, I think we have to... A little bit beyond stupid. <laughs> really stupid. Fine. We all do stupid things at 17. Do we shoot people? And Do, do we do that? Just that. What was a young Donald Trump Jr.? So we raided Getty Images and found this. Oh boy. To some of the decisions he made, like that hair, my friend. And he's just trying to be his father. It's so transparent. It's so obvious. This is in 2005 when he was 28 or so. There's always this meme that's why do Donald Trump's sons look <laughs> like every bully from a 90s kids movie? <laughs> You're right. They go into prom together, I don't know, <laughs> to own the libs. So ridiculous.
You are listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works. This is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening. Oh, that was kind of hard to bite through, wasn't it? But I swear I heard that about being weak. Now, remember all the evangelicals, the one who anointed and then nominee of the GOP, Donald Trump, as they all kissed his ring? And, you know, and all the craziness, you know, and he reads the Bible and the two Corinthians, you know, that went into the bar. Oh, they didn't go in the bar? Oh, well, pub? Oh, it was two Corinthians, right? Anyway, those are the books of the Bible. Two Corinthians. Hmm. I thought it was always second Corinthians myself. But I could be wrong. But anyway, yes, Donald Trump. I mean, how idiot proof can it be? The Loch Ness Monster in a Swamp. Joe Biden Swamp. The Loch Ness Monster in a Swamp. No, the Loch Ness Monster lives in the Loch. Oh, wow. Okay. So we see, so we got really, you know, Donald Trump and Jr. need to be in co- on cocaine. He need to be on everything, you know. Idiot number one, two, and three. So anyway, like I said, that's mine for the end of this year for him. So we got another issue going on. We've got another crazy decided to disrespect the President of the United States. He got chance to be on a call. So basically the kids say he was punked. All right. This is just bad people who didn't vent the right person. So anyway, the president got a he got a prank call. Check it out. I want to do like just one bit of follow-up on this entire Jared Schmeck let's go Brandon thing that took place uh because even the last bits of the story that were still standing are now falling apart. So I on the one hand, who cares about this guy? But the fact that he is being made a hero, much like Kyle Rittenhouse is now being made a hero by the right, really tells us a lot about where the right is now, given who they are lionizing and also martyring. That's another aspect of this. So here's the story. This guy, Jared Schmeck, over the holiday weekend, was able to get on the phone with Joe and Jill Biden. And during that phone call, he dropped in the phrase, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon is a euphemism or a code for F Joe Biden. So he told the president to go F himself. 
Here's a reminder of that clip. This isn't to you, Jared. This is to the kids. That's right. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Okay. Merry Christmas, and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> hey, by the way, where are you in Oregon? Where's your home? I think we lost you. Yeah. Okay. So after this took place, this guy, Jared Schmack, started getting criticized significantly by some, although people like Don Jr. praised him. But there were people criticizing Jared Schmack because it's quite disrespectful. If your view is respect the office of the president, you don't call up the president and say, F you go F yourself, the equivalent of that. And Jared Schmack started to uh, uh, say that he's a victim Everybody, he was just expressing his First Amendment rights and people are curtailing those by criticizing him. And it's like, no, consequences to your speech are also protected by the very same free speech right that we all share. Um, And he also said something interesting, which is I'm not a Trumper. I respect Joe Biden. I'm not a Trumper. I just have concerns. Cut to yesterday when Jared Schmeck appeared with former Trump advisor and Breitbart propagandist Steve Bannon wearing a red MAGA hat, saying the election was 100 percent stolen. And he wants us to believe he's not a Trumper. He's just a guy expressing his concerns. It's just a pathetic joke. Take a look at the video. Let's listen to the audio. It, it, I know it, it was said in a, in a joking manner, in a humorous manner, but it's a very serious uh, thing. And, and I mean, it, it's it was one way for me to like, man, I, I got a chance right now to to voice my disapproval of of this man and his administration. And what is what is that? What is that? Your John Q. Public. What is that? What is that disapproval? Can you define uh, that for us? Yeah. Yeah. By I the mean, way, the idea that we would particular like it's great to hear from just random people. That's great. We, we want to know. We want to take the pulse of what's going on and hear from people. But Steve Bannon's interest in hearing from this guy who we only know about because he told the pres- president to go F himself like. Who in particular cares what this guy has to say? Let's go, Brandon. Is and I and I've said it in other articles. I, I am a Christian man. Uh, it's for me. It's God first and foremost. I don't follow any one man blindly. Um, some of the media has run with that and said I don't support Donald Trump. That's absolutely false, Donald. And Trump. remember, he said I'm not a Trumper. Trump is my president, and he should still be president right now. What? Uh, the election was 100 percent stolen. Um, so I, I just want to make that clear. Um, but uh, let's go, Brandon. Is is more than just F Joe Biden. It uh, is. Let's go, Brandon. Is encompasses the the entirety of our frustration with Joe Biden, the administration, the leftist mob, the cancel culture, the mainstream media. They, they're the ones who made this uh, a thing. And uh, we're we're in- F Joe Biden is about the cancel culture. What is this guy talking about? As uh, as conservatives, we're able to find humor in this, um, but there, there's terrible things going on. Uh, we've got the debacle in Afghanistan. I mean, they're not even talking about it's that. A, it's a verbal ink blot of just unhinged, disjointed talking points. But he's not a Trumper. Oh, and also he's wearing a red MAGA hat anymore. It's crazy to me how quickly they they forgot that story, and no one's talking about it. There's still people trapped over there. Um, we've got the uh, supply chain issues. We've got <laughs> the inflation rates. Um, we've got uh, terrible policies on, on abortion. I'm a very pro-life person um, and uh, absolutely terrible. Uh, policies. What's funny about j- just as like a I mean, this 
it's hard to find a more ignorant person who thinks they are really informed. The abortion line, just to pick one thing, right? The abortion line is particularly wacky because Joe Biden's been president 11 months, almost almost a year, right? Actually, 11, three weeks short of a year, Joe Biden has been president. There has been no loosening of abortion policy since Joe Biden took over from Donald Trump. And in fact, with the Texas abortion law, if anything, it is harder today to get an abortion overall in the United States than it was 11 months ago when Joe Biden became president. So when you actually look at what these folks are saying, and this, there's lots of people who don't even pay attention to politics. They just go, I don't care about politics. You ask them who's the vice president. They might not even know, like people who are just completely tuned out. This guy is an example of someone who believes they are knowledgeable about what's going on. And people like this vote. And he has no idea whatsoever. And at the end of the day, he basically told the president of the United States, F you to his face. And now he's calling himself the victim. So let's let's make this the final point on the Jared Schmeck story. He's no one any of us should care about uh, in terms of his opinion. And he, despite being a Christian and being from the side that says we've got to have the right you know, tone and respect for all of these different institutions. He is now being criticized because he told the president to go F himself. That's that's the end of the story. And we'll have these clips on our Instagram. If you are listening today and want to watch them, find us there uh, at David Pakman show on Instagram. One of our sponsors is self decode. Self decode is a genetic testing and analysis platform that gives you tools to gain insights about your health based on your DNA. This is a new technology. We're still learning so much about what of substantive value can we get from these types of results. But by using artificial intelligence and machine learning, you can get personalized insights based on your specific DNA, as well as getting lab test analysis and recommendations. Really a lot of interesting ways to get information about yourself through the self decode platform. They never sell your information. They never give away your information to anybody. Self decode sent me a DNA kit to get my saliva. I did the test, sent it back. And in just a few weeks, I had my results. I found, for example, that genetically, I'm not at big risk for kidney stones, not at big risk for asthma. Unfortunately, I'm at slightly increased risk of headaches, which is true, which is true. And the recommendations you get are really simple and logical things relating to sleep, relaxation, et cetera. Very, very interesting. And this is a technology that's going to develop and mature significantly over the next five to 10 years. Self Decode is giving my audience 25% off when you click the link below and use the coupon code PACMAN. You are listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works. This is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine with your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening. It's like the old Green Bay Power Sweep. It's very simple. Turning to a story about a top set of Republicans with detailed plans to steal elections. 
And it's the news tonight because these same top Republicans are the ones sharing their own detailed plans. It's kind of like a coach releasing their own secret playbook. But in fact, this story also takes a page out of an epic NFL playbook. Trump White House vet Steve Bannon is indicted and awaiting trial for hiding evidence about his January 6th plotting. Now one of his very own accomplices, Trump vet Peter Navarro, is leaking their own January 6th plans, detailing the scheme to try to help Trump stay in power despite his loss. Navarro calls all of it, in his view, the perfect plan. He has a new book that recounts how they wanted to rally congressional Republicans to interfere with certifying Joe Biden's win. Now, ultimately, 147 members of Congress did vote against the standard practice of certifying that win. Navarro likens the whole effort to Hall of Fame coach Vince Lombardi's legendary play, The Green Bay Sweep, citing the goal of creating a chaotic process that would yield 24 hours of televised hearings. Now, for the Green Bay Packers, the sweep was generally considered unstoppable. For these Trump fans invoking it, not so much. They failed to delay the planned certification on January 6th, even amidst the related insurrection. Their playbook aimed at adding time and public attention on these election complaints for Trump, which they thought would pressure Mike Pence and get him to ultimately join what would have been an illegal coup. Now, Navarro says they didn't even, in his view, quote, need protesters or the insurrection. They just needed more Republicans in Congress willing to attack the lawful outcome of the election. In other words, and again, he's saying this, they just needed more authoritarians and would-be dictator supporters in our government. Obama campaign veteran Shea Coleman Dury says the whole comparison here is revealing because the Green Bay sweep is not about strategy. Some sports techniques are, but in contrast, it was always about pure power on the field, where the opposition realizes the sweep is coming, but they cannot stop it. Komandori says that matches the Republican Party playbook on brazenly using its power to kneecap voting rights or put Trump loyalists in posts so they might cheat in the next election and thus show power and dominance by undermining democracy in an open fashion, he argues. And, of course... None of this is very original. Turns out, Comanduri points out, Navarro's only echoing other Republicans who invoked the exact same play, like Gingrich, when he was Speaker. And while Navarro is telling his version of the story now, there's also evidence of how Bannon was talking at the time, contemporaneously, as the lawyers would say. Here was Bannon before the insurrection. Actually, we found this of him speaking there on the fateful morning of January 6th. I keep saying the mantra, you call the play, now run the play, right? It's like the old Green Bay power sweep. It's very simple, very, just one thing leads to another, very logical, and the victories are firm. And now we turn to someone that we are indebted to for some of the points raised, the man I just quoted, a deep dive conversation that only occurs here on a special day here on the beat. Even in the holidays, it is still known as Che Day. It is named after our next guest, that's kind of implied, isn't it, Jay? Political strategist Jay Komanduri, a veteran of several presidential campaigns, including the Obama campaign. Happy holidays. Good to see you. Good to see you. How are you, Ari? I'm good. Uh, we just quoted you. Walk us through this. Some of it seems a little bizarre, um, but some of it seems really important. Yeah, look, the Green Bay Sweep is one of the most famous plays in the history of the NFL. The big idea that Vince Lombardi had was a play 
that basically the defense knew was coming. However, you could not stop it. There was nothing you could do to stop the Green Bay sweep. John Madden talks about in the second Super Bowl how demoralizing it was for the uh, then Oakland for the Oakland Raiders, then Oakland Raiders, that they could not stop this play that was being run over and over and over again. And this is exactly how Republican philosophy and Republican strategy works, particularly in the Trump era. We all know what Trump is going to do. There are no secrets as to what play Trump is going to run next. The issue that we have as Democrats and as people who care about democracy is how do we stop it? And I think what Steve Bannon was saying, what Peter Navarro was saying, what Newt Gingrich was saying was that what we want to do is telegraph all our moves ahead of time and then watch as our opponents become demoralized with their inability to stop it. We're seeing this with voting rights across the country where governors and Republican state legislators are doing everything they can to make sure that the next election goes their way, that Trump loyalists are in place and that our democracy is potentially in tremendous threat and peril. So, in a way, it seems like they're telling on themselves or they're confessing. But in another way, you're arguing that while that might be morally dubious, uh, we should not confuse that with outright stupidity because you're saying they want to actually move the center of gravity, not only among hardcore right-wing Republicans, but among the rest of their potential supporters and others in American society towards what is basically a creeping authoritarianism. Yeah. You are listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works. This is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening. I mean, it's, it's not, if, as long as it's not a secret and everybody sees it coming, people are more accepting of it. I mean, as Gopal said, the bigger the lie, the more likely people are to believe it. A big part of that is telegraphing the lie, making sure that everybody knows it, People keep repeating it. And the more people repeat it, the more likely they are to basically to, to basically accept the, the lie and the preconditions behind it. Che, leave it to you to bring uh, little Goebbels into our holiday season. <laughs> I, it was not my intention, but uh, I want to wish everybody happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> happy holidays. Um, well, we, we laugh through the tears, as they say in, in some societies. It's a, a Russian saying, among others. But... You are speaking to the, the union of propaganda with oppressive or authoritarian governments. In other words, right. it doesn't work uh, as well, or at least the oppression does not take hold as easily in a society that still has a, a real grip on reality and fact-checking. Uh, and that is why you see, and you made one historical reference, there are many others where lies and propaganda are, are central uh, to defeating people from that which they would otherwise often prefer, which is self-government rather than living under tyranny, Che. Correct. Yeah, and, and one of the things is it's not tyranny if you don't know it's tyranny. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing with the kinds of play that Navarro and Bananan are talking about. If we do it in advance, if people are, are, are equipped and accepting of what has to be done, then it will be done. 
Obviously, your state legislatures keep people from voting if they put barriers that keep American citizens and make it harder for them to vote. Uh, it's a way of basically selecting the people who are voters ahead of time, and it also helps make sure that their political goals are achieved with the least amount of interference. Look, I mean, I've been in Democratic politics a long time. It's never a secret as to what Republicans are going to do. What Republicans are going to do is very clearly telegraphed. The problem that Democrats always have is they can't seem to figure out exactly how to stop Republicans from doing what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, all fair. Um, because it's our end of the year, this is our last Che Day of the year. I don't know if you've done the math, um, but that's a fact, Jay. Right. Um, unless there's a Che Day you know about that I don't. Uh, so given that we, we launched this segment this year, we've been reflecting on different things. I, I've heard from some viewers, they appreciate uh, your precision, the way you use the knowledge you have, the experience you have, and, and really tell us what's up. So I kind of wanted to zoom out with you here, big picture for, for a second. Let's just think back as we look over the whole year we've had, before the beginning of the year, the January 6th insurrection, it was an almost simpler time when the world was just awaiting the incoming Biden era. Right. Team Biden moves into high gear, launching today on first steps for the new administration, including a new COVID task force, and turns the page on a new era. Well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier to, it's easier to tell your kids character matters. What was on the ballot here was decency and democracy and empathy. And Joe Biden is particularly well-equipped for this moment. That was the mood going into really a year ago today, November, December, January. When you, as a, as a political expert, uh, look at this year of politics and government, what are the big things that you think have, uh, have changed? Well, what Joe Biden has done is he has basically returned us to the pre-Trump normal. Um, you know, we live in a world where we no longer have to worry about the, the president doing mean tweets. We live in a world where we have a largely scandal-free administration, where an infrastructure bill is debated and passed and signed by the president with minimum fuss or drama or, deba or debate, or at least the debate is democratic debate. It's certainly not Twitter debate and insults back and forth of that nature. So he has really returned America back to a pre-Trump normal. I think the problem that he, Joe Biden has, and I think the problem the Democrats have, is we have not returned the world to a pre-pandemic normal. That is, I think, the big thing that is causing Joe Biden's polls to decline. That has been the biggest weight that he has endured. Everything that we're experiencing now, we certainly experienced during the Obama era, including Joe Manchin. I certainly remember Joe Lieberman being very much a thorn in Obama's side during the ACA debates. However, the issue that Joe Biden has is there's an expectation that we will return to a pre-pandemic normal, not just mm. a pre-Trump normal. Well, you know what Rick Ross says on the new album, Jay? <laughs> I do not. I would, I would love to know. They're calling it pandemic, but it's really life. <laughs> well, I think for Joe Biden and for Democrats... I think a lot of Americans do not want this to be their lives. And I think we do need to, like, be aggressive about finding a roadmap out of the pandemic. You know, as I think your previous guest said, this might be the final throes of the pandemic. Let's hope for all of our sakes. It certainly is. 
Fair enough. We can hope towards the new year. Jake Home Dury, the last Che Day of the year. Always good to see you. You are listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works. This is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening. Well, before we get out of here, I have one more story. And it's out of Los Angeles. Probably one of the saddest stories. A young lady just coming to visit to get a dress for her 15th birthday celebration. Ken Sierra, I think it's what it's called. It should be. Because I know Christian used to go to a lot of them when we lived in Oxnard. But I tell you, it just, just takes your breath away. These police officers with these guns, I, I swear, the gangs that can't shoot straight, they forget these bullets go through walls. They go through bricks. They go through things. They go through people. Things that they can't see. Remember Breonna Taylor? The cop didn't get busted for killing her. He got busted for shooting through the walls of the neighboring apartment. You remember that dumb stuff? It don't go away. Anyway, so this is my last story before getting out of here. This is my last story. Makes me cry. A tragic end to an attack by a man in a Burlington clothing store. As police opened fire on the man, a bullet struck and killed a 14-year-old girl hiding unseen in a dressing room and being held by her mother. We do want to warn you, some of the video is disturbing. Emily Ikeda has more. Valentina, life matters! A growing outcry for justice. Never should this 14-year-old little girl ended up as collateral damage. After a 14-year-old was inadvertently shot and killed by police who were pursuing an assault suspect at a North Hollywood store. Valentina Orellana Peralta died in her mother's arms while dress shopping just two days before Christmas. Heartbroken parents mourning their loss. The Los Angeles Police Department releasing body cam and store security video this week, revealing the tense moments before the shooting. He's breaking things, he's breaking things. The suspect, with a bike and heavy-duty cable lock, seen acting strangely inside a Burlington store last week before attacking several women. A frantic evacuation. Evacuate the building. 911 calls capturing the chaos and conflicting reports of what weapon the man was carrying. One victim brutally beaten, a trail of blood leading police officers to her. As they moved in, repeated calls among the force to slow down. And then three shots. An officer striking the suspect, 24-year-old Daniel Elena Lopez. But police say one of the bullets ricocheted off the ground and pierced a wall. Unbeknownst to the officers, 
A 14-year-old girl was in the changing room behind a wall. The tragedy calling police tactics into question. These officers that, that, that went inside the Burlington Coat Factory were faced with uh, what we call some of the characteristics of a crisis, which are uncertainty. They're making decisions based on confusing, ambiguous, and sometimes even conflicting information. A multi-agency investigation is underway, and authorities say it will take months. In the meantime, the police officer who fired the fatal shots has been placed on administrative leave. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow today's top stories and breaking news by downloading the NBC News app. You are listening to the award-winning radio show from SDC Radio Works. This is Smith Bits Talk Radio Magazine. With your host, Kenneth Howard Smith. Thanks for listening. This is a radio station of the SDC Radio Networks. Lock it on to the best station on the net. Around the planet on the World Wide Web. The Daily Dose. Don't go anywhere in the mix.